Hello and welcome back to another episode of 30 Flirty and Surviving. I am Tracy, your host. New episodes drop every Monday at 9 a.m. And you can catch them on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, iHeart. Did I say them all? Well, anyway, you know where to find them by now. I am welcome with a guest today. And she is a hotel and tourism photographer. But beyond that, she has a really interesting story. You guys are going to be blown away with everything that we share today. Um, I think that it is definitely a unique story, but so much of it ties into what we talk a lot about here, um, just about kind of finding yourself, believing yourself, being kind of true to who you are. Um, so it took a lot of courage, but I don't want to give too many spoilers because we're going to get into it all shortly. So let me just introduce her. It is Mary Blank. How are you? Hi, good. How are you? I'm good. I'm Thank good. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and where are you originally from? So I am from a small town called Oxford, PA, which is in Chester County, Pennsylvania. Okay, okay. We have more questions to come Mm -hmm. on that. (laughs) Where do you live now, though? I live in Philadelphia. Okay, okay. So you're still in the same state. So just barely, yes. Okay. But city life, love city life. Yeah. Yeah. And you travel a lot for, for work, right? Yes. Okay. I do. Like right now. (laughs) Like right now. I got her while she's in town. I lucked out. Okay, some just basic questions. So outside of that, how old are you? I am 30. (gasps) I just turned 30 this past weekend. Oh my gosh, happy belated birthday. How's it feel? It feels great. Yeah? I have never been more excited to turn 30. (gasps) Really? I'm not kidding. That is the best attitude to have. I'm so happy to hear that. I just, I feel like when you're in your 30s, you just... I don't know. Kind of have your life together and or or we pretend or to, not. but <laughs> but <laughs> we do way. our best at it. Yeah, exactly. Either way, I'm okay with it. Well, good. Yeah. Well, welcome to the Thirty Club. Happy belated, um, and it looks good on you. Thank you. What is your relationship status? Single and happy. I love that too, <laughs> as it should be. Yeah. And of course, if your birthday was this past weekend. Let me do my astrology do research. We are in August. Are you a Leo? Leo. Woohoo. Yes. Do you are you into that sort of stuff at all or no? Not really. No. Okay. I know some of it, but not no. Not a ton. Not That's much. totally fine. No. Leo's a great sign. Um bubbly personalities, warm, inviting, happy people, good energy. We love a Leo. We love a fire sign. So I it. you're welcome in the studio anytime you'd like. <laughs> And then my last kind of fun question for you that's completely random is who is your celebrity crush? Ooh, Chris Evans. (gasps) Shut up. I'm not kidding. Are you just saying that because you've listened to the show before? No. No, I... I literally talk about him once a month. Stop. I'm obsessed. Yeah, me too. We'll have to fight over him. I just, I feel like he's someone who's so down to earth. Mm-hmm. And like, if you were to meet him in real life, mm-hmm. he would be that same exact person that he is on uh, on TV. Like, that is the truth. He's just great. Plus he's I mean, handsome. Yeah, and he's easy on the eyes. Yeah, okay. But it's so funny. I literally talk about him like as if he's a Joe Schmo on the street and like I know him and I always, well, my parents were like, you know, when are you gonna get, when are you gonna find somebody, Tracy? And like, when Chris comes around, like I promise you as soon as he's available, as soon as we meet, 
I'll lock it down. I'll get married then. And my dad's always, you know, what do you like about him? I'm like, he's just so humble and he's yeah. so down to earth and he's really smart. And, you know, I, I appreciate how active he is with like politics and education in that yeah. space. And my dad's like, you know, this guy sounds pretty cool. I'm, I'm talking about him as if I actually have had a conversation with him before, but I've got dad on board. So, I, I mean, had, we can I always no share idea. him too. I had no idea. But that no, is we're, so we're funny. gonna have a good fight. Okay, we're yeah, have a good fight. May the best woman win. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so let's start by talking a little bit about Winborn, which is your company for the hotel and tourism photography. Tell the people a little bit about what you do yes. and what the company is. Yes. So we are a photo and video company, and we work with luxury hotels, travel brands, exactly like you said, from all over the world. And we specialize in lifestyle storytelling content. So what that looks like is oftentimes we'll be working with a modeling agency, bring in talent. And so, for example, one hotel um, really focuses on like families and, you know, memorable, memorable getaways. And um, so we'll bring a family in. Mm -hmm. And another hotel is more like romantic, you know, getaway. And so we'll focus on like a couple and really make it like, you know, romantic. Yeah. And yeah. So I love that. So they bring you in because what your expertise really is, is not just shooting the space and making it look beautiful because many people can do that. But giving people really like the vision, you know, you come to this hotel for your Valentine's Day weekend or your anniversary, or you come here for the great food and for girls night, like if they have a restaurant. So you're really making them, you're helping them paint the scene, not just here's what it looks like. Yes. And I focus a lot of my energy on, you know, just creating emotion Mm. and really bringing out the um, personalities of the talent that we bring in. I love that. And you do the sourcing for the talent for them as well? I do. Wow, the whole nine yards. The whole nine yards. I love love it. My favorite part is just the day of shooting, like really directing and Really bringing out those personalities. Yeah. Honestly, that's what I go after. And you got to start in wedding photography. Is that right? Yes. So I imagine that plays a lot into how well you do now because you really starting with that and making sure, you know, their day is so special and you capture their love in the photo really takes it to the next level now when yes. you're working with larger hotels, corporations, things like that. So yeah. Yeah. Um, that that makes a lot of sense to me. And congratulations to you. Thanks. I want to ask you a little bit more about the business, but we're going to segue back into this at a later time. What I really want to start with is your story. You had reached out to me on Instagram and you sent me this article about an, a previous interview that you had done. And I was really blown away. I kind of like I was saying in the in the beginning intro, I I don't think many people will have the same story as you, but so much of the emotions, the feelings, the the journey that you kind of went through is relatable. And I think that it's important to continue sharing and telling the story. So I want to take it all the way back to the beginning. And, and kind of your upbringing. So for you guys at home, you were brought up in an Amish community. Yes. Right? So baseline, just tell everybody 
what what do the Amish believe? What does an Amish upbringing look like? Yeah, they believe in living a simple life. Okay. We had no electricity growing up. (laughs) (laughs) Out of breath already. There were a lot. There were a lot of things that we did without. Yeah, for sure. Is it Um, based to a religious root or is it more just a sense of community? And it's not necessarily religious beliefs. It's more just they really want to keep what their forefathers did and what they were taught all their life. So even if you were to ask someone a question of like, why why do you do what you do? Why are you driving horse and buggy and not cars? You know, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. They probably won't have an answer for you. The only thing they'll have an answer, uh, they'll answer with is, well, it's the way we've always done it. Interesting. And that's the answer to every question. Interesting. So mm-hmm. are there handbooks, rules, guidelines? Is there anything tangible or on paper that you guys kind of read or study to abide by or is it all this you know spoken word of it's just how they've done it before and it's this basic understanding no it's just they kind of go with it as it comes like they you know things are changing all the time slowly Mm -hmm. but surely yeah but no there's no book nothing is there a leader in an amish community yeah so uh, Every church has a bishop. Okay. And so the bishops are the leaders. Okay. So there's a lot of them. Okay. But then there's also one bishop overlooking all of the bishops. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So I'm trying to think of something, and it's not really a good example, isn't really coming to mind. But say for just the sake of the question, like say planes were invented today. Who is the person that decides, oh, no, 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 we're not going to do that. You know, like when something new is introduced, who's making the decisions on whether or not that fits with the lifestyle versus might be outside of it? Yeah. So um, every two, uh, every year, twice a year, I'm sorry, twice a year. Yeah. Um, all of the community gets together. I'm sorry, not all of the community. Basically, all the bishops get okay. together and they'll discuss among themselves what is allowed, what is not allowed. And then they take it home to each of their churches. And twice a year, this happens where, you know, the whole community sits together and he's going to tell you what's allowed and what's not. They go over every little detail. And trust me, it's a very intense moment. And is it primarily technology based or is it books and curriculum that you guys read? Everything. 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 Wow. Okay. Maybe not as much books that we read, but everything else. Okay. So do you feel like there's a little bit of censorship in the community? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. It's a lot of control for sure. Wow. So growing up, I imagine initially you didn't question things because this was all you knew. So it, there was no why aren't I doing this? Why aren't I doing that? Because you probably didn't have as much exposure to some of those things. So let's start with your immediate family. Are you, uh, how many siblings do you have? There's 10 of us. There's 10 10 brothers and sisters. Seven brothers and two sisters. Holy crap. So what was the day-to-day like growing up? 
Oh, gosh. Um, at what age? <laughs> Say you're five. Let's okay, start with so that mile marker. Um, basically, okay, so if you're a kid, mm-hmm. you're not going to school, you will create your own entertainment in some way, shape, or form okay. because otherwise you're going to be put to work. That's just how my... Wait, so at five you're not going to school? You don't go to school until you're six. Okay. For the most part. Okay. Yeah. And then you go to school until eighth grade. Okay. So things are relatively easy. Playing. Yeah. Life is fun. Yes. Okay. Then six, we start going to school. Mm-hmm. And from six until what age are you in school? Until eighth grade. So around 14, 13, 14. Okay. And after eighth grade, 14, there's no additional education. No. So you don't go to college. It's not really, you know, a high school. Uh, so what type of, what does the curriculum look like from six to 14? Is it the same classes we would take like history and math and English, or is it basket weaving and gardening <laughs> classes? <laughs> is that rude? I'm sorry, but I feel like that that's what that's I picture. Fair. That's fair. No, we do learn, um, you know, math, history. Okay. You know, so English was not my first language. <gasps> what did you speak? So it was Pennsylvania Dutch, which is very similar to German. Can you say something? Say, have a good afternoon. Hat good on Middag. Oh my God, you're still so, so fluent. I'm impressed. Well, it was my first language. And then you learn yeah. English in school. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So English, not like we're not reading... Jane Eyre, we're learning how to speak the language. We're learning how to speak the language. <laughs> okay. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Wow. I, for me personally, like I didn't learn any English before school. Wow. Okay. So if anything, it was yes and no. <laughs> what is the benefit from their point of view of learning the English language? If the idea is that you'll always be in this culture. I don't know. That's a great question. Maybe for reading? like I think for definitely for reading. Well, yeah, that's okay. probably what okay. it comes down to. Um, and I will say, I do know that my dad always watches that show. What is no. that show? Breaking Amish. Yes. No. Oh, my God. My dad's obsessed Stop with it. Stop it. Obsessed with it. Do you? Oh, have you ever seen it? Yes. Okay. How similar? No. N- not, it's not real. No. Okay. Okay. Well, I will Sorry say to burst his bubble. No, but no, it's no, not real. That's fine. He he finds it very entertaining, but mainly he loves it because he's you know they, when you when you hear them speak, a lot of times they don't sound the most educated, but then mm. you see that they are, you know, building these homes. They're you know they're managing so much you know that they truly are very smart and very educated people and i'm sure a lot of that has to do with what they've learned but also just being resourceful and having to kind of make do with what you have so for him he really likes it because he thinks that they're entertaining but he he enjoys seeing that kind of side and how capable they actually are but what would you say for someone who that is their only impression of the amish culture if they're watching it, what would you say is like not real versus what parts might be true? The number one thing is Romspringa. Okay. It's not true. That's not true. It's not true. There and what is, is that if they haven't heard of it? So there is Romspringa. Okay. But that's when um, you turn 16. 
And that's when you start going to a youth group. That's when you can start dating. It's not, you never have that option of whether or not you want to go out into the world. Because there, I that makes so much sense because I can't imagine that they're encouraging you. So why would they have this milestone in your life that is, okay, it's time to make your decision. They're under the assumption that you're staying, right? Right. Interesting. Okay. So it's not quite like that. Um, However, I'm sure it's based on the idea that many people around that age might start to question some things. Maybe, but that's also when, you know, you'll go out on a Saturday night. Maybe you're drinking a little, you know, that's Are you? all of that. Are you allowed to do that? Or is it um, all? Depending on a youth group. Okay. Okay. So yeah, what does a weekend look like then? You're drinking a little bit and then what? Um. So basically it's you go to this youth group and you play volleyball. That's the game. Okay. Okay. <laughs> And you just hang out with your friends, honestly. It's just getting together, eating together, hanging out. Okay. That's all it is. Wholesome. I and love that. And then you meet new people and you start dating. Okay. And what is the expectation from there? So getting are most married. people getting married by 18? 21. By 21. As a woman, by 21. As a man, more like 23 to 25. Okay, so from 16 to 21, yes, maybe you started dating. Are you working? Yes. Okay, so as a woman, what's a typical job? It depends. It can vary anything from like working at home, gardening, okay, cleaning, all that kind of stuff, to um, working at a market, Amish market, or Amish bakery. It all has to be kind of like within the community. Okay. And this will probably make me sound very uneducated, but how does it work in terms of money? Like are, if you're working within the community, I mean, are these legitimate businesses? I'm sure someone who's working at home isn't getting paid or are they? Either way, you're not. Um, Either way, you're not. So this is for me personally. I can't speak for everyone. Okay. But for me, I didn't get my own money until I was 21. You get your tips and stuff. Okay. But that's it. And then your mom, like my mom gave me money on a weekend and okay. kind of had an allowance. But until at the 21, age of 21, that's when I, yeah. So at 21, you're still getting an allowance and now just being able to start yes. making your own money. And trust me, I got my first phone then. <laughs> you, wait, is that, that was like, you did that kind of illegally? Got oh, your yeah. own phone? Oh, Yeah. How do you have I, access to that? I found a way. Okay. Honestly. Okay. Um, and I would hide it in my room. Wow. And yeah, I was almost 21 when I got my first phone. That is insane to me. So it really is regimented in those areas like we think it is. So to kind of cover too, so no phones, no planes, trains and Buses, cars are okay? Mm-hmm. Yes. Are driving there, in them, not driving them. As a passenger as only. A, um, and sorry, as a passenger only. So you call, you like calling an Uber? How do you call an Uber? You, you call a cab? You do, no, you have your own taxis that drive within the Amish community. <laughs> oh, my God. They're non-Amish. 
Interesting. But okay. They're known as Amish taxis. So Amish people wouldn't have like a legitimate driver's license. Oh no. Oh gosh, no. Mm-mm. Okay. Interesting. I didn't get mine until 25 when I left. And trust me, it was the most awkward process ever. Like everyone looked at me like, who are you? And why are you just now getting your driver's license? I didn't get my license until I was 23 and I was not Amish. So I'm going to, if people ask me, I'm going to say I was just in the Amish community. That's why it took me a little bit. Was a season of my life. Yeah, I'll use that (laughs) as my excuse. Okay. Wow. So now let's bring it back to you personally. So you, you were no longer in school. You were 21 years old. You have not found someone that you're interested in dating. Typically, what would happen in this situation? Is the, Are there arranged marriages? Do you get set up? Or is there at least that little bit of free will to be able to remain single and wait until you find the right partner? You definitely have free will. Okay. For sure. Okay. Your parents, you want to make sure your parents approve. But it has to be within the Amish community. Okay. So for you, Mr. Wright wasn't... He just wasn't there. He wasn't you know, there. No, he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not saying I didn't have crushes growing up and, I, you know, things could have gone somewhere with a guy. You know, I'm not saying that. Yeah. But it just, it wasn't there. Okay. Yeah. So we're not getting married anytime soon. <laughs> we're just making money for the first time. What is going through your head? That is when I started questioning everything. Okay. Yeah. So how you referenced earlier, you know, why do we believe in this? Why is this the rule? Why is this the way? Those are when you started, that's when you started to kind of probe those questions. Right. And you were met with, that's just the way. That's how it is, essentially. So for, you know, standard things that other people outside of the community, it's part of their everyday life. You're wondering, why can't I just do that? You know, it doesn't make sense to me. And there was no real good explanation. So you start to think, this isn't adding up. This isn't quite making sense for me. Yeah. So you decide you want to leave or did you start experimenting, exploring a little bit before you made that decision. Yeah, that started a whole process of questioning everything, just making sure that I make the right decision because I knew that once I allow myself to even think about it, Mm -hmm. I am not going back. And it was also one of the scariest processes in my entire life because I knew that my family would disapprove. I knew that my friends would disapprove. And people would leave my life and, you know, I would be limited to what I could do within the community. So many things. And so many things are going through your head. Yeah. So did you, had you known anyone before then who had left or who was, or did you have anybody at that time who was having the same questions as you? I had a few people that I knew had left, but I had no contact with them at that Right, because once they're gone, they're gone. I mean, kind of, yeah. But three of my girlfriends were in the same process. Okay. Yeah. So you had a little bit of a sounding board or some support knowing you're not alone. They're, they're wondering the same things that you are. So you start to approach your family and say, this is what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. What was that initial conversation like? Yeah, I I had actually started going to a non-Amish church as well. 
And that was a community that really backed me up during that time and was there for me in ways that like, I, like I know I could have never done this without them. And so that was the first thing that I brought to my mom. It's just like, I am going to a different church and this is where I'm going. Mm -hmm. She flipped out. That was a nightmare in itself because she, so my dad passed away when I was 10 years old and my mom and I were very close at that point of my life. And just to see her going through that and knowing that I was the reason that she was crying at night and waking me up at night, you know, like, how can you not feel at fault at that time? And how can it, it was, there were just so many emotions at that time and so many questions that I was working through. Like, yeah. is this the right thing? Right. I knew that deep down in my heart, I wanted it with everything that I had. But like my mom, mm -hmm. what's going to happen with her? Right. And, you know, how do you choose? How do you choose? I mean, I can't imagine. And although maybe your, you know, your heart's telling you one thing, your head's telling you another, something feels like the right move, but then it also makes you feel guilty at the same time. Oh my gosh. I, I can't even imagine. There were so many imagine. guilt trips. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Especially when the, the community started finding out, people mm -hmm. started finding out and then they come visit and they try and persuade you to stay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's just, they take unintentionally to take you down a lot of guilt trips i imagine what were your siblings reactions um my two youngest siblings they're my world their kids are my world they fully support me i can go visit them whenever i want the rest of my family highly disapproved and okay. we're not okay with it we had to work through some things and to this day they're coming around slowly Wow. So you did not have contact with some of your family for a while, but now things are getting better. There's still some of them that I haven't seen in like five years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So to make a decision this big, knowing what some of the ramifications may be, what was the one thing that kept propelling you to say, okay, this is right. I know that I have to do this, even if it means I may lose my family or you know what I'm familiar with. And mm -hmm. what was that one thing, in, like, or that voice inside your head that yeah. you know helped you to say, I have to do it? You know, to be honest, Tracy, I think a lot of it was my faith. Like, my faith is everything to me. And you know, I grew up in a very religious home, but there was so much control. And I think just rediscovering who God is, that in itself just, you know, I, I was never going to look back again and like live under so much control. So what I'm not church did you end up going to? So it was a non-denominational church in Lancaster, PA. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And how did you find out about it? I don't even remember. I, okay. I think it was like randomly through a friend. Okay. Got it. And I just ended up going one weekend and loving it. It and, just kind of changed. Connected so well with so many people. And I think it was the people that really, you know, made mm -hmm. me stay there. And seeing that they can have 
what yes. you know one might consider a normal lifestyle while still be considered good people and still have this community you're like wait a second there is a way to kind of have both mm-hmm. it must have been very eye-opening like for you. something wasn't measuring up anymore with mm-hmm. how I was brought up all my right. life and thought what I don't know just who God is or what religion is yeah or, yeah it was just completely different it blew me away wow okay so and that started a whole another process of like questions and oh I can only imagine my head you know so when you finally did decide to leave the Amish community you had made some friends in this new church is that who you leaned on during that time yeah yeah the pastor and his wife Jake Kill and his wife they completely stepped out of their way to help me in this process I would call them during the week it was oftentimes during the week when someone would come visit and I would just be in such a, this was after I was taking down a guilt trip, you know, and I was just so confused. Like, why am I doing this? And I would just call them like, remind me, just remind me why I'm doing it. Yeah. So you make the decision, you leave. Where do you go? What's the next step from there? I went to California. I don't think I told you this part. Girl, where in California? I went to San Francisco. Okay, very cool. I was in... California for a little bit, but I no was way. In, Where? Yeah, I was in Sherman Oaks. I was in like LA. Okay. Got yeah. It. Yeah. My gosh. So you took um, off and ran. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. I, With your tip money? <laughs> I had a lot saved up by then. Well, I was 25 by then. Okay. I started so having my fine. own money. Okay. So 21. Questioning by 21, having your own money, finally left at 25. Yes. Okay. So you had saved a little bit. You moved to California. I didn't necessarily move there. I, <laughs> I, I um, went to work with a nonprofit organization there in San Francisco. Oh, okay. So okay. that opened my eyes to a whole another world. Yeah. But it's like this the hub of technology, the complete opposite. <laughs> but so this was my first plane ride. I had never flown before. Were you scared? I was by myself. I was terrified but I think it was so much more in that I think it was also like that morning 4 a.m my friends came to pick me up and I was standing at the door saying goodbye to my mom you know and we were just crying yeah oh um I can't imagine I mean because it, it it is one of those things where it's you leaving is not a reflection of your feelings for her and, and how much you love yeah. and adore her. And that happens in life sometimes where we need to listen to that voice inside our head and our guts and do something for ourselves. And it's so incredibly challenging when you know it's going to hurt somebody else. But you you can't live with regret in the coulda shoulda woulda or the you know what ha- what would have happened if I if I did you yeah. don't want to have that down the road yeah and so it was it was a decision that you knew you needed to make and I knew standing at that door I knew that I was saying goodbye to everything that I had ever yeah. known you know and that was the heartbreaking side of it but then it was also like these emotions of like excitement and oh my gosh what's yeah. 
what's going to happen? Everything all I've at once. I've never been to San Francisco. But then it was like, but my heart is breaking for my mom. Oh, but I'm so excited. It was just so much. In the back of your head is if this doesn't work out, I can always go back. An option? No. It's not. It, so once I mean, you leave, it is an, no, it is an option. It is an option. But sure. you knew there was no going back. No, I knew. Okay. I knew. Okay. So you got to San Francisco and you worked there for how long for this? Six month? months. Six months. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in that meantime, we also flew to Italy and Greece, wow. which opened my eyes to travel and you did a one eighty girl the world <laughs> and just experiencing life to the fullest in a way that I never had before. That's incredible. And so at what point did photography come into play for you? There. While you were in, in Europe? Yes. And I have to ask you, did you get into photography because it was something that you didn't really know much about and it always kind of interests you and, you know, kind of that like, if you can't have it, it makes you want it more type of thing? Or was it almost a fuck you to the Amish? Well, because th- they don't believe in pictures, right? Right. Yeah, there's no is picture it, taking. Is is it true that they believe like it takes their soul or something? Is that a thing? No. I remember going to an Amish thing Where for a field trip that? when I was little. And I they had told us that we're not allowed to take pictures of them because they you know don't believe in it. And there's something about the camera taking their soul, but they may have just said that to me to scare me so that I really wouldn't take a picture of them. No, I think, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it's just the technology you know, piece. Tracy, there's a little bit, uh, no, but now that I'm thinking about it, I think there's something, they back it up with like self-image something. I don't even know. Interesting. But, so there might be something to it, but that's not what I was taught growing up. Okay, okay. But so, okay, so what part of photography interested you? The minute I got my phone and started using camera, I fell in love with taking photos. And I think the other thing was just, um, you know, the fact that I wanted to remember what my dad looked like. I just wanted to go back to a photo and I had no photos of him. So that also made me very passionate about like capturing moments. Now you're going to make me cry. That is <laughs> Which such is a also sweet why I got thing. into wedding photography, you know, capturing the most important day of your life. So that's kind of how it started, wow. you know, how that passion started. I never thought of that. And Are then there it like went pictures, into travel. It, like paintings or drawings or something of him? Like, do you don't have, have nothing? nothing. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I started forgetting what he looked like. Memories started fading, especially soon after I left. And that sent me through a whole nother grieving process. And like, I just wanted to see him, you know. Wow, I feel like I need a minute, but (laughs) (laughs) that is really beautiful. And now I feel like a jerk for being like, was it fuck you to the Amish people? And you're like, no, I just wanted to remember what my dad looked like. I'm an asshole, I'm so sorry. Um, That is so sweet. And that's a really beautiful reason to to get into it. And it was almost, you know, you didn't have that for yourself. And so you wanted to make sure you were able to do that for other people. Yeah. And so that's how you got into weddings. How long into doing wedding photography did the concept of Windborn come to be? Was, were you just, you know, kind of freelancing at first and then started a company or was it always Windborn. Windborn. No, it was Photos by Mary for about three years. Okay. Doing weddings. And then uh, in 2020, 
transitioned into hotels and travel brands because I had always been so passionate about travel and hospitality as well. And I just, I just didn't realize that you could actually make a living doing it, I guess. And it never really crossed my mind because I also loved weddings so much. I mean, they're always fun. It's beautiful. It's, you know, great to celebrate love. All the family drama. (laughs) That stuff is good too. (laughs) That stuff is good too. So did you end up taking any sort of formal classes or education around photography or was it all just you sort of had a knack for it and eye for it? No, I, well, I mean, I did some YouTube videos, but honestly, I just went, took my camera and went out and just, you know, took photos yeah. and kind of learned that way. Technology and I get along very, very well. Surprisingly. It's something, something I discovered right away the minute I got my phone. I was like, you know, and I even started using a computer five years ago, only five years ago. But I just... I have no problem picking up on things like that. Like, it's just yeah. like it was meant to be. It really, truly is. And, and especially when it comes to photography. Yeah. So you you started working weddings. Were you, how were you getting these clients for the weddings? Instagram. Instagram. Okay, Most so you were them, using social media as a marketing tool. Yes. I really focused on building relationships mm-hmm. before even like, I never even mentioned anything about being their photographer. You know, I just yeah. built a relationship with yeah. brides, especially. Yeah. Wow. Um, that's that's, inc- that's amazing. So suddenly this starts to grow. You're picking up, you're, you know, you're you're getting a lot of work. And then 2020 hits and you make a pivot, which I imagine it makes sense, right? Not a lot of people were traveling during the the year of 2020. So a lot of these properties need the help they need to take new photos get things updated keep spreading the word and hopefully you know maintain their business so you must have been busy during that time frame yes and no yes and no because no one knew about me okay but so because it's a completely different and client base yeah and I didn't have a portfolio to build you know Mm. to back it up like I just had wedding content yeah but it slowly but surely happened. But also, you know, a lot of properties also didn't have marketing budgets anymore, uh, didn't have as high marketing budgets anymore. So they couldn't actually afford it. So that was the pain. That was, my gosh, that was <laughs> quite the process. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think that sometimes, you know, someone who's newer to it or you know hustling on their own those are the people that work harder those are the people who take the time to you know understand you and and get what it is that you're trying to achieve and they're the ones that have the time I think to dedicate to these larger projects so someone like you is really such a blessing for them because you're really it's just such more intimate partnership and that really also attributes to the relationships that you were building with these brides and it it boils all down to people Mm -hmm. and that's kind of at the at the epicenter of your thing it's people and relationships and getting to know them only aids to the final result of your work yes I pour my heart and soul into relationships yeah so the editing side you do as well yes but I also have an editing team okay and yeah. the you mentioned videography as well. Are you do you handle any of that or do you have someone else on your team? 
I do some of it. I just bring partners um, in for that kind of work just because I'm not very skilled when it comes to video. Mm -hmm. I know how to put together a great video, but I just feel like most properties also want photo and video at the same time. So I'm not able to do both. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And what is the biggest difference for you as a photographer and as a business owner, weddings versus hospitality? Biggest difference. Is there one? There's so many. So many. So many. One of the biggest ones is, you know, a couple getting married on their wedding day. Mm -hmm. You're working with a couple. You're working closely with a couple. For hospitality, you're working with the marketing team. You're working with the chef. You're working with the bartender. You're working with so many more people. And the marketing team has to go, you know, especially if they're a bigger company or bigger brand, they have to go to someone else. You know, it's just a whole process. Yeah, a bigger ordeal. Compared to a wedding. That makes sense. A wedding, it's just a couple and that's it. Yeah. Anything that you would attribute your upbringing to in terms of your success right now? Yes, 100%. There are so many things that I will always continue to live my life in, mm-hmm. in that way. Like, for example, one is community. They do community so, so well. Yeah. Yeah. And the other is just the work ethic. Like, I think my mom did an amazing job. She's my hero. She's my hero. She gave us so much space to, like, be creative. But she also taught us how to work and make a life for ourselves. And, my gosh, like, you know, when I look back at what she had to go through with all my siblings still living at home and my dad passing away. Yeah, raising 10 kids by herself. And she just hustled hard. Mm -hmm. So she taught me so much when it comes to, like, work ethic and um, how to build a great life Yeah, and live a simple life too. Yeah. I mean, the simplicity, uh, that's a, that's a note that all of us could take to heart. I think, you know, you know, there are obviously so many great advantages of technology and benefits that it provides. And, you know, there's conveniences. It's, I do think a necessity to some extent, but at the same time in 2022, it's at the core of everything that we do and we're so dependent on it and life goes by very quickly and we forget to slow down. Yes, that's exactly it. And I, I will never forget. So we had this beautiful pond close by and I would take a walk back there. It was quiet. No one was around. Beautiful grass. You could watch the sunset from there, right? So I go back there every night. I had no phone, nothing. I just go back there. I sit in quiet, listening to the birds and watching the sunset and just clearing my head, right? And the later days when I had my phone, I would go back there with my phone, right? And I would sit there. Oh my gosh, that's a beautiful sunset. I need to take a photo. You know, and I really, that's one thing that I miss is just not really having access to technology in a way. Mm. 
It's so true. But still, I would never want to live without my phone again. Right. Of (laughs) course not. But yeah, you're right. I mean, there is something to be said about Okay, sure. You can take your one picture because like you said, if you there's a memory that you want to capture and you want to be able to look back and, and know what this looked like, that's great. But we don't have that discipline to then put it away. It's, right. you know, we have this, I'm going to leave the phone out until I get the perfect shot until, I, you know, or I'm going to keep my phone until, you know, in case someone texts me or something like right. that. And there is something, there's something really tranquil and wonderful about the balance of it all and being able to lean on the technology for certain things, but also just being present and enjoying what's in front of you and and being in the moment. 100%. And then generally speaking, you know, like I said at the beginning, not many people will ever walk in your shoes. And this was a very extraordinary journey and story that you have. But so much of it is relatable in the fact that I think our 30s are such a pivotal turning point in our lives. Um, And we do have a lot to work through, especially as women. There's a lot of changes that we're dealing with and a lot of decisions to be made. You are, are lucky that you found support in your new church and you still had the support of some of your family members. But what is it that you would want someone listening to know when it comes to making decisions or listening to their to their gut yeah um I think a lot of it is if you're not feeling peace think about it again honestly nothing else to be said (laughs) nothing else to be said like it's there for a reason Mm -hmm. and if if that decision whatever you're you know processing is giving you anxiety you need to rethink it yeah you really do I take my hat off to you. I mean, not many people have the courage and the bravery to do what you did. Um, So many people just accept what's given to them, presented to them, what situation they're in, because we have this understanding that, you know, it's just the cards that we're being dealt. And maybe it's not the community, not, you know, being brought up Amish, but there's so many times we're kind of like, okay, this is just... I have to face this, so I'm just going to make the best of it. And for you to really find the strength to say, no, I, I think I want a different outcome for myself. I want to recourse this a little bit. I, I, I Kudos to you. I, I think it's extremely admirable what you did. And I think that, you know, you've, you've really changed the whole path of your life and you've come out on top. You really have. And Thank so I, I really do commend you. I I can't imagine what it's like to think about all the difficult times that you've had because I know it doesn't come without those hard times, but you persevered and you're truly a walking billboard for that. And <laughs> I would tell anyone if they're, you know, questioning anything, like you would be such a great person to confide in and be able to offer so much advice. And, and, um, I, if you guys need any help, I'm volunteering you know, Mary. It's, it's <laughs> Can you be my life coach? It's interesting you say that, you know what I would be doing if I wouldn't be doing photography therapy. Yes. <gasps> I can see it. I'm so passionate about it. I, I mean, 
like you said, your peace, that is your mental health. Your peace is your mental health. And sometimes you need an unbiased third party too in just any situation, you know? So being able to kind of talk people through those hard times is extremely important. I'm a huge advocate for therapy. I think everyone, you know, some people are, oh, I don't need it. Everybody needs it. Everybody needs it. I don't care what your situation is. The things that you can uncover about yourself about what you want in life things that you maybe old traumas that you've hidden away tucked away and you don't think are a problem really are affecting the decisions you make now and your thought process and so I think if people are a little bit more open-minded to it they would see how how beneficial it can be I couldn't agree more well if you ever decide to go that route let me know you have a patient in me. I'll be your first patient. <laughs> well, it was so wonderful getting to know you and getting to talk to you. Thank you for being so forthcoming with your story and for sharing it. I think, again, you know, for many, many reasons, it, it's so important. Any sort of last words to live by or final pieces of, of advice that we haven't covered that you think are important to share? I mean, I think it's just, you know, don't be afraid to take risks either. Don't yeah. don't let that hold up hold you back. But I also think that it's important to, you know, think things through very well. But I think that risk taking can be one of the best things that could ever happen in your life as well. I love it. Okay, so if anyone here is interested, you don't do any of the wedding photography anymore, or do you? No. Okay. So mm-hmm. I I if they were interested, maybe someone, you know, knows someone or works at a hotel or anything like that, where can they find you? Yes, they can find me. My Instagram is Winburn Co. Or my personal one is Mary Blank. Um, it, does it have an underscore? Oh, I think it does. I think there's two underscores after. It's Mary Blank underscore underscore. Yeah. And the article that I referenced at the beginning of the show, what website was that on? Hertelier. Okay. It's it's spelled H-E-R-T-E-R. I-E-L-E-R. Okay, perfect. (laughs) She goes into a lot more detail than, unfortunately, we have the time for today. But you guys should definitely take a look at it. Um, And I can share the link, too. The link is also found on my Instagram bio. Okay, perfect. Perfect. It's definitely a good read. It's interesting. It goes, like I said, into a lot more details of her upbringing, her story. But once again, thank you so much. And whenever you're back in town, you let me know. Thank you, Tracy. All right. Thank you guys so much. I will see you next week. Bye.